0: Welcome to the Disability Arts Online and Mind the Gap podcast, Disability and, bringing together thoughtful discussion and debate. This month, Mind the Gap's assistant producer, Paul Wilshaw, chats with CBeebies presenter George Webster and Coronation Street's Alex Warner, Liam Bairstow. He asks them about how they got started in acting, their careers, and what their thoughts are about disability representation in television and film.
1: Hello, Paul Wilshire here. I have had the pleasure of interviewing two guests this month, both of whom are successful actors with Down Syndrome. If you have small children, or are a fan of CBeebies, you definitely have heard of my first guest, George Webster. George is well known for being the first person with Down Syndrome to become a presenter on the channel, and he has also landed several film roles. George, what
2: made you want to get into acting? I've always loved acting, and I've been part of a theatre company for 11 years, since I was eight, called Stage Door. Stage Door was really fun, did lots of acting, and, I went, and also I went to another drama class, but a, it was in a dance company, But there did drama on the side called Elevate. You stayed
1: with Stage Door for 11 years? Some non-disabled theatre companies have a perception of what a learning disabled person can do before you even get through the door. What does StageStore do to make sure you were
2: respected in the company as a performer? Well, StageStore really respected me as an equal, as they were, as they respect themselves as an equal too. And they were really lovely, really welcoming, and they... And and, and, and that gave me lots of opportunities to, to, to do, like shows and other stuff. That's brilliant. And
1: that is really important that the support is in place as well. Yeah, definitely. It's
2: really important to get the right support.
1: You're a part of the Performance Academy at Mind the Gap. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what it means to be part of the Performance Academy?
2: Um, but so I'm part of the performance academy, and it's really fun. On Mondays, we do professional studies and research job roles. And on Tuesdays, we do theatre, and then about practice shows like Brecht. And we, on, on, at Man the Gap, we work towards a showcase with live music, dance, and acting. And we just did one last week, and that was really, really fun.
1: Yeah, it, I actually went to see the show, and it was great. I really want to go back to what you said about learning about job roles in the industry. What's been your biggest surprise when learning about job roles?
2: My biggest surprise when I'm learning about job roles in the performing industry is that um, there's not many people with a disability that that work behind the scenes, which um, is important, and that needs to have a lot more improvement. And can do things, but sometimes with, with some support.
1: I think support is a major thing that is yeah. coming out on this, is that with the right support that we can do anything. So, yeah,
2: because people can do some things, but some things we find hard, and um, it's not a bad thing. It's just things we need to, to improve on.
1: Definitely. In 2021, you became the first CBBs percenter with Down syndrome. And the public reaction was so positive. In other interviews, you said you were so happy when you got the job. What has been your favourite part of being on the show? And is it all that
2: was you expected? It is, it's more than, than I expected. It's so much fun. I love meeting with people and meeting, making friends. Um, when I work at CBB's, it doesn't feel like I'm working. It just feels like I'm having fun. All I do is play games and read and dance and cook. It's, And they're all so welcoming and they're so, also lovely. And they don't even mention that I dance into it. They just see me as me. They don't see me as... Wait, they see George with Downs or, da, or dancing with George. They just see George as George.
1: Exactly. And that's so great about that is that... Um, we do need to see people as just people. Yeah. We're, you know, instead of the label of just because we've got a disability. Yeah. We are people. That is it. I, I'm a person that loves bloopers okay. on shows. Um, has there been any bloopers on CBeebies?
2: On CBeebies, there have been many bloopers when someone's being daft or misses a line or anything like that. Are making Or are, are making us laugh. It's it is a blast. I uh, see BBs. You regularly
1: on our screens on the rain, the one show, and on BBC Bite Size. Why do you think it's so important for the public to see more disabled
2: actors on our screens? It's so important because we have our voices heard, and we, we are human, and we exist, and we, and, we, and we must show people what we can do. Definitely. Like an example could be casting agents. They need to see a bit of talent that, that that we can bring, and that's really important for them to, to see that talent.
1: Definitely. You went viral for your video on BBC Bite Size on the five myths of Down syndrome. Were you expecting it to become viral? And what other myths would you like to dismiss around learning disabilities? um well
2: i was expecting it and not to go too wild but when it went viral oh i was so excited that I squeal! i squealed um when i found out and it shows that people do really care i want to i want people to see me as a role model and and for people people, people to get more opportunities um one um down syndrome myth could be um, people with syndrome, people living with, with Down syndrome suffer. We don't suffer with Down syndrome. It's just what we have, and that is not a disease. It's who we are as a person.
1: Yeah, I remember um, a friend of mine, Vicky, um, he said that she knew someone that said, um, I don't suffer from Down syndrome. I suffer from fools." And I think that's so on the case. There's definitely needs to have more mythbusters around learning disabilities for people to understand about different disabilities in general. I want to talk to you about being in films for a minute. And you're in the 2022 film, The Railway Children Returns. Your character does not have a disability. There's a debate going on around representation and that non disabled actors should not take roles from disabled actors. I want to know, what's your
2: opinion on this? So, in um, the film that I'm in, my character doesn't have a disability and it shows that any person can get any role. It shows a wide range of what I, I can do. And, and it's you not- think, Non-disabled actors should not play characters with disabilities because they should give us the opportunity first. And um, but how about sometimes there are disabilities that, that are hidden?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I have this thing of where I get told I don't look disabled. I always wonder what actually does that actually mean. But um It's hard sometimes to think about that and what a disability looks like for someone else. Um, But it's the way it is and um, we can only educate, really, can't we? Yeah. So talking about education and um, what other jobs you do in your white schemes, George... You are also an ambassador for Mencap and a founding officer for Down Syndrome All-Party Parliamentary Group. I'm interested to know how you felt and and why it was important that the Down Syndrome Bill was passed by Parliament.
2: When the Down Syndrome Bill was passed on, on um, passed on, and the Down Syndrome Act, I was so happy. This is very important because... It, this will help the lives of people with that are uh, living with with Down syndrome, and so, so, so then we can get the right amount of support for things like employment, healthcare, housing, and social care, and maternity care. It's so important and uh, education, and also it's important for people like her to be treated like equals, so that we really, ever everyone. everyone has, we all have to be friends and matter community and, and not judging each other and, and that's the world, and that is how the world should be. Not The world shouldn't be a world where people judge people for who they are and what they look like.
1: I totally agree with you George on that and we shouldn't judge. Why, no. why do we think that we've got the right to judge someone else's life? We don't. No. So you know, let's get on. Let's yeah. get on. Everyone, get on. It would be such a better place for you us all. go on. Are you working on any television programs or film projects at the moment?
2: Um, so I'm mainly working on CBBS and just and and something special. I'm doing a couple of doing, doing that, but also coming up, I've got a couple of theatre theatre stuff coming on. Um one is in france um for a new play, and then last year i did it is a um r d week with the national youth so I got a follow up and I got a follow-up week this year
1: that sounds brilliant, and I'm jealous of you going to france I, <laughs> I, I am jealous of you going to france <laughs> uh, and I'm excited to hear what you come back with with that, so I'm really excited to hear that um so, um, what would be the next show that you want to work on?
2: Well, I love Doctor Who, and I love um, Death in and Paradise. And I love to work on both. Doctor Who, The New Doctor. The
1: New Doctor. The New
2: Doctor, definitely The New Doctor. Because they're all of quite diversity. I'd love to be The New Doctor Who. Then, if I Death in Paradise, The New Detective. And my first murder would be a shootout
1: a shootout in Death in Paradise yeah. and a new Doctor.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: I can see the Death in Paradise. I can definitely see you doing something in Doctor Who. And I want to see it happen now because you have, you have given me the ideas in my head. So if they're in my head, they can go into Russell T. Davis's head. Yes. So let's get that happening. Let's get you on Doctor Who And in Death in Paradise. Yes. I also have read that you want to be on James Bond. Uh, In 2018, the British Film Institute stopped funding movies in which villains appear with facial disfigurement following a campaign by Changing Faces called I Am Not Your Villain. The charity caught the practice a lazy stereotype and said it needs to end. In your opinion what would having a character like James Bond having a learning disability do to change people's perceptions?
2: Um, Playing a character like James Bond is uh, very important because it shows that um, we can all have dreams and aspirations Um, and this is what we want to, to show people that we can take on many, it's opportunities that, that come out that come our way, and also the ta- and also um, it's a to, to for us to, to um show our talent to the audience, then the audience can watch it and then they'll uh, then they'll enjoy it.
1: Exactly, and I think. You see James Bond. That's gone through Sean Connery, um, um, Daniel Craig, Craig, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Next one, George Webster. <laughs> yes. Okay, rank your top three James Bonds.
2: Well, funny story because I've only watched the five Daniel Craig films and the first and the very first Bond film. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because I could, I because I've grown up with Daniel Craig. You've grown up with Daniel Craig. So I uh, watched the first one. I got, I got, I got, got, to, got, 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 got it from Dr. Now, always Spectre on Fox set. So I need to watch all of them. Like the, all the original ones I've never seen. So I'm looking forward to watching more of them.
1: Yeah, definitely do that. Popcorn, um, drink watching James Bond. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Sounds a good plan. Representation on our TV screens is so important and Doctor Who is known for its diversity of characters. There's been 13 faces of the Doctor. Most recently, we've had a female Doctor, a female master and the next regeneration of the Doctor after the 60th anniversary episodes Doctor Who has casted a black actor as the Doctor. If the Doctor regenerates again, and they are looking for a new actor to play the Doctor, what would you bring to the role?
2: If I became the new Doctor Who, I'd I'd bring lots of fun, positive energy to the whole thing, and I'd allow you to change people's perception of what we, we can do. And I've just seen that they're just casting their first transgender companion as well.
1: That is brilliant. Uh, I didn't actually know that, so that is brilliant that they yeah. are. So working with minority groups is that Doctor Who does really well. Yeah. Um, I really want to see more people who have learned disabilities and disabilities in general. Um, playing companions, playing the civilians, but not actually just just because they're a film character, not because of their disability. Yeah. You know, um, Staffros, for instance, was a character with a disability. Um, yeah. I think it's, is it Staff Ross? I think it Death is. Davros. Davros, see? Can't even pronounce his name right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Davros was a character uh, with a disability. Um, so, yeah, we know it's been done, we know it can be done. So let's hope that uh, Russell T Davies, who's now come back as the uh, scriptwriter. Yes, is, come back, hasn't he? Yeah, he's come back. So let's hope he's going to cast more people with disabilities. Yeah. I've mentioned your film work. So I yeah. want to know what film stars would you like to work with in the future?
2: Well, I love Marvel. So um, actors like Scarlett Johansson, Anthony Mackie, Tom Hiddleston, um, people put like that, but also like, um, also I, I also love other action films that are not Marvel you DC. That's like, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, people so also or someone like, um, Patrick Patrick Stewart maybe.
1: Oh, Patrick Stewart, legend. Yeah. The legend. Harrison Ford. Oh, Harrison Ford! I actually was just watching a movie of his yesterday, Air Force One. Love I've it. heard of that but
2: never seen it. Ah, brilliant film! Definitely recommend. I watched <laughs> Liam Neeson film yesterday. today Unknown, and that's really good.
1: I will have to look at that one. Okay, so this is the last question, um, What main piece of advice would you give anyone who wants to start out in the industry?
2: It's about being you. Do not be anyone but yourself. It's your life. Go and do it. Make your own decisions.
1: I think mean, that is so important, not just for people with disabilities, but for anyone. Yes. Make your own decisions. It's your life and go out and do it.
2: Yes. So, definitely.
1: on that note, I want to thank you, George, for this interview. Um, and I'm excited to see about France and what you're doing in France. Um, National Youth Theater, you fair to see The the ropes non stop for you, George. Um, <laughs> Thanks, and I Paul. can't I can't wait to see what you're doing in your career. My next guest is best known for playing Kathy Matthews' nephew and Royce Rolls waiter, Alex Warner, on Coronation Street. Liam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm sure our listeners will want to know about you and your journey and how you got into Coronation Street and all the brilliant stuff you're doing. Um, So I want to find out. How did you start getting into the industry,
3: Liam? I got into acting since I was a very young boy. And I've always liked drama because it was my strongest point. Okay, so what isn't your strongest point? What isn't my strongest point is dance because normally when I dance I have two left feet. I couldn't manage dancing.
1: You and me both. But that is one of the things that we do at Mind Gap, is dance, and we have a brilliant dance teacher in Karen, where I found you. Of course, she works
3: really hard on exercising, can't get her breath.
1: Exactly.
3: <laughs> How did you find out about Mind the Gap? So I found out about Mind was Gap I was in Haycliffe School, and then two of the Mind Gap staff came down for an outreach workshop, and then I've always wanted to Having not an audition at Mining Gap and look where I am
1: now. Well, yeah, you're now an artist at Mining Gap. How many um, years have you been with the company and how many years have you been an artist with the company? So I've
3: been with the company for 13 years and in the artist,
1: um, I've been an artist for nine years. Nine years an artist. So you're an artist because this is my eighth year now in the company I've worked out. So you were just starting when I was part of the making theatre course, and I remember seeing you when we you were, came down for Treasure Island. I think that was your first show. So can you tell me a bit about it? Yeah, that
3: is correct. Um, we we did the first national national tough of Treasure Island, and we 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 had our funny moments with Treasure Island where we had. Like, I had to play, like, seven or eight different characters
1: and six changes. Seven or eight characters and yeah. six changes. Now, I can tell you, I can hardly get changed sometimes. So, yeah, to seven or eight uh, is impressive. So... Can you tell me? You said you have some stories about that tour. Can you tell me a bit some of the stories you've got?
3: Um, there's some few stories. Like I always end up getting caught eating crisps and chocolate and all that and live in the vinyl machine. Every time we have events on, or something happens, like if I don't know my lines, I have stage fright. Or normally it's either the first dead sort of thing where I just fall through a stage or fall-off stage I'm just a walking
1: disaster zone. I've heard stories about you being a kind of a walking disaster, mate. Um, so I'm sure there's other stories you can tell the listeners. OK, so,
3: so try to picture with the changing rooms. Like, for example, we have men and ladies changing rooms. Without the pictures, I get confused. Really, they should put them out there. So there was this wondrous room where I went in there and I d- didn't know what I was walking into. I walked in there and there was a girl getting changed. I thought, I asked if this was one of the men's changing rooms. She goes, no,
1: no, this is a girl's. For thought, oh, great. You do get out of a lot of tricky situations. I um, don't...
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have no idea how you do it, mate. Um, so what do you do as an artist at Mind the Gap? So as an artist member, we're like, um,
3: we had to be like 100% committed and being professional. It's not just that as well. Like we had to completely full artist course. Like sometimes on Mondays we have like training days and then some of days is leaderships and we do like all sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah, can you tell me a bit about that? Like, the leadership and what you actually do there and um, what skills you have learned as an artist. I'm
3: a very good listener and to observe stuff. Leadership gives me the confidence to speak up and it makes me feel like I think that I want to do my own work as my own project.
1: So our listeners will know you as Alex Warner, which is Kathy Matthews' nephew and your waiter in Roy's Walls. I can tell you I've, that is a tongue twister for me, Liam. So, um, so how did you get the part? So basically um, how it went down,
3: that um, me and my fr- friend Anna went down to the um, workshop and it was for Breaking Through Talent. And if I remember correctly, there were some few cast members there. So we did the workshop and then we went into a straight art, to our audition. And then we came back to the Gap. I was having my lunch. Then I was looking at the Gap staff um, to see what was going on. I looked at Charlie, but she couldn't bear to look at me at first because I didn't know what was going on. So she called me upstairs. So I, I went upstairs and I saw my mum. I thought, why's my mum here? Like that. And then two minutes later, Connie Street said that they wanted me back for a screen test and offered me a four year contract with them
1: and to play Alex. Did they have an idea of the character they wanted you to play at the beginning? Basically, they was looking
3: for like, um, like my real life stuff, what I do back at home, or like, f- like things like my character gets up to mischief, and yeah. So basically, like that. Yeah, it's based on me in real life, actually.
1: Yeah, and I really like that. It, that they actually did get your personality in there, and you can tell. Uh, and your role in it, and some of the storylines you've had. Um, and uh, But also the fact of that you're not always in the major storylines, but you're there. And I think that's a really important thing about representation is that we don't always need to be part of a big storyline. Characters don't need to be part of a big storyline. But having you there as a presence helps um, kind of get the industry to understand and people to understand that we are part of everyday society and our soaps should also represent that. What's your opinion about the representation um, of disabled actors on our screens at the moment?
3: At the minute, there should be more people with Down syndrome having the chance to do TV work, and I think it's only right... To have the next generation of the youngsters, to for me to step up to pass the torch onto the new generations, and I hope one day that I'm an inspiration to all everyone so
1: everyone could step up and reach for their dreams. I think that's a brilliant thing to say, Liam, and I think you are an inspiration to people already. Um, I really like what you say about the next generation and how important it is that it is starting to become more in inverted commas listeners, normalised. Um, I think it's important that people are seeing you and George and other people in the industry. I just want to know about the other work that you're doing at the moment, Liam. So at the minute
3: I'm doing a project called Leave a Light On For Me, um, which is based on climate change. And I'm working with Rob Abbey on social media, like marketing, like promoting and selling and advertisement I also do um, another work with one of my cast colleagues as well. It's called Dank, so I also do
1: that as a event too. Dank is the Disability Artist Network community um, and they're based in Manchester. And the colleague that you talked about is Shirley Hewson yeah. and also Melissa Johns. Um, and they work with Triple C... Listeners, if you've got a chance, go onto the Duncan Triple C website. They do networking events, um, but also speak to industry professionals. And I think that really fits into other work with Mencap. That's correct. Um, yeah.
3: Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so at Mencap, um, I'm an ambassador, um, and we talk about certain projects in Mencap. Like I remembered, like they came to Man the Gap, and they did some videos and photos of me in the in the pink T shirt, and they were talking to me about how I got into Coronation Street, and I also go out to places to speak up at events as well. I
1: think me and our listeners want to know what's next in Liam Burstow's career. And what's Alex Warner going to happen? But no spoilers on that, mate, because I want to watch. <laughs> that is very correct. Um, I can't
3: do any spoilers alert, but I can tell you what I really hope. What's next for Liam is that I get to work on a movie or a film with my best friend's brother. Okay, and who is your best friend's brother? So it's. <laughs> Um, he's called um Sam Riley, and I like to do what he does because I enjoy so, um things like that. Okay, and what kind
1: of role would you like to play next?
3: I like to play a baddie because I know how to get the with stuff. You know, like what it said about me, getting away with stuff at Malacap
1: and things like that. Okay, so a baddie in a movie is the role that you would love next. That's great. Who are your role models, Liam? My first role, role model is my mum,
3: because I love her so much, um, because she's always been my biggest inspiration, because she's always been supportive. And also, friends from Managap have been really supportive too. And if it weren't for these guys,
1: I will not be here today.
3: That is so nice of
1: you saying that. I hope you classify me as that, mate, as well.
3: Also you're in part of the package too, Mr. Paul sure. <laughs> Wilshaw.
1: So what's the best advice you've been given about being on TV,
3: Liam? Try not to look at those cameras much, but look at the person behind the camera so then you will know that you've got the right expression.
1: Is there any message that you want to give to anyone that wants to start out in the industry? Yeah, so um, i like to
3: send out a message that having a disability is a beautiful word to have and everyone should be so proud to have it. And as one of my inspiration of the Do Do Superstar, John Cena would say, never give up and and fight for your dreams as a quote which says, respect, loyalty and
1: hustle. That is so brilliant, and I think that's a brilliant way of ending this podcast today, Liam. Can't wait to see what's happening next in your career. It's Yeah, it's just brilliant, mate, and thank you for being on this podcast.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: And thank you, listeners, for listening.
0: A massive thank you to George Webster and Liam Bairstow for their contribution to the podcast. Thanks also to Paul Wilshaw for hosting the podcast this month. More can be found on the Triple C and Disability Arts Network community website at www.triple C, that's spelled T R I P L E C, dot slash D A N C. Please join us next month when we'll have a special podcast recorded live at the Queen Elizabeth Hall Foyer, Southbank Centre, during the Unlimited Festival. Colin Hambrook interviews Jackie Hagan, Tariq Elmoud Tawakil and Kate O'Reilly.